product that I'm going to discuss with you is a product that contains less than 0.3% of THC because at the end of the day, anything else is a Schedule One controlled substance. It's illegal. From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a show that features open and honest conversations with veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein, Media Coordinator for TVMA. Have you ever wondered if you can use and sell CBD products in your veterinary clinic? Or better yet, can you even talk about it with your clients? These are some of the most common questions TVMA's General Counsel Elizabeth Choate receives at the TVMA office. I brought her on the show so she could answer these questions for you. You know, I always start off by telling, you know, this is a really loaded question and there's a lot of unanswered uncertainty surrounding the product. And I guess first I would say, do you understand um, the source theory and, and what per, your percentage is of what is THC versus what is CBD oil? And if they don't, I'd go into a long explanation of, well, um, THC comes from is the psychoactive component in marijuana and but in a nutshell from a thousand foot view i would say that be careful any product that i'm going to discuss with you is a product that contains less than 0.3 percent of thc because the end of the day anything else is a schedule one controlled substance it's illegal so that's that's first and foremost um next i would say you know watch out changes are coming to texas law texas did legalize hemp so you want your product to be hemp based under 0.3 percent um the de- there's a lot of rules coming from the department of agriculture department of state health services right now it's not illegal to sell but in the future the department of state health services is going to put out rules under what conditions somebody can sell so that could it could be that everybody needs to have a permit and to sell anything at retail Um, and how that's going to apply to veterinarians we don't really know until the rules come out Um, and and mind you this is a very condensed version next i would say you know watch out for fda Technically, no matter what you've seen in the convenience stores, you cannot put this stuff in food. According to the Food and Drug Administration, CBD is not supposed to be in food. It's not allowed to be called a dietary supplement. You cannot make medical claims on it. The only um, FDA-approved CBD product is Epidiolex, and that's for treatment of seizures in people. And so you want to watch out for the FDA piece. You want to watch out for the DEA piece. DEA says that this stuff is um, anything that comes from the marijuana plant, CBD, is illegal. But if it comes from hemp, they don't have regulatory authority. Um, We asked DEA what they would do if they walked into your practice and they saw this stuff for sale next to the um, dog food. they, They probably wouldn't do anything. They probably wouldn't pick it up and test it to see if it had 0.3% or more THC, but they could. And if they found a bunch of controlled drug violations, maybe they would. I think if you call the veterinary board, they're going to tell you something different than probably what I would tell you. They're going to tell you that, you know, there's a questionable legality, don't utilize this product um, because of there are several board rules that could be implicated. 
The last time their general counsel updated anyone on it, um, updated the board members, they, they expressed concerns regarding source theory, where it came from. Is it below 0.3%? Well, how do you know it's below 0.3%? Is there lab testing? They also said they're enfor- utilizing enforcement discretion. So if they walk into a practice and see it for sale, they're going to ignore it. Um, but they're complaint driven, and so they haven't truly been forced to investigate a case against an actual practitioner. And so, until something like that happens, you know, they would have to get the case, decide to pursue it, and then they're going to look at a few board rules like um, are you breaking the law? First, the board is going to have to prove that you're breaking the law by utilizing and selling that, and I'm not sure they can prove that because it would be difficult depending on the circumstances. I'm not sure I can prove that. Um, they look at whether you're violating the standard of care or you're, a, you're guaranteeing a cure. If you are recommending these products in place of common medical treatments and procedures um, without establishing they're going, going to be effective, then you could be violating the standard of care if people in your practice type and your um, geographic community aren't doing the same, then that's probably a violation. Um, and finally, if you're, prescri- you're prescribing or dispensing the stuff, it's it's got to be in compliance with the extra label and off label use of drugs. So that's, you know, something the board wants to be considered. That's a lot to consider. <laughs> I can understand why people might be confused. So we're going to delve even deeper into it. Um, so, you know, the terminology is a little confusing, what's actually legal or not. Um, so I've heard that hemp is legal, but, you know, like you said, marijuana is not, but CBD comes from both. So how does a person draw a distinction? And that's a very good point. It, it is kind of a difficult thing. I'm not even sure that you know, all the laboratories can draw that distinction. Um, hemp itself is has only been recently legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill. And prior to this, under the Federal Controlled Substances Act, any CBD product was a Schedule One drug with a high potential for abuse. You could not prescribe, dispense, or even talk about administering it. Um, now the law actually defines marijuana to exclude hemp that contains less than 0.3% of THC. And if you don't know about the parts of the marijuana plant, there's a lot of cannabinoid components. THC is one of those. It's the psychoactive component in marijuana that gets you high. So CBD is another, but does not get you high. And the oils themselves that contain more than 0.3% are defined as marijuana, which are still Schedule One controlled drugs. So what the Farm Bill did was it kind of gave Texas authorization to pass its own state law. So Texas promptly removed CBD from the Controlled Substances Act at the state level. So now in Texas, as well as federally, CBD derived from hemp is mostly legal, but CBD derived from marijuana is not legal. So... I just will point out to you that for veterinarians, if you want to read more about this, the AVMA did put out a good document called Cannabis, What Veterinarians Need to Know. Now, it's not state-specific, but all the state laws are different. So a lot of the products that they discuss in that article are not legal in Texas, 
but they might be legal in individual states, even though they're all still illegal at the federal level, except for hemp-based CBD. Hmm. And I keep hearing that Texas legalized CBD. We see it everywhere in Austin, even in actual mom-and-pop pharmacies. Yeah, that that is mostly true that you do see it everywhere here, and um, it's usually for sale next to the hippie soaps. Um, House Bill 1325 passed during the 2019 legislative session. That is our Texas hemp law. What it does is authorizes the production, manufacture, retail sale of industrial hemp crops and products in Texas. And this provides the legal framework for cultivation and processing of all these hemp-based products and but the jurisdiction is split so um, the Department of Agriculture in Texas controls cultivation of the non-consumable part of the plant while the Department of State Health Services controls the consumable piece which is the food drug device or cosmetic including the CBD so they are going to be the agency that controls CBD in Texas it's interesting because the definition of food only applies to food or drink for people, while drug applies to animals. So this is going to create an interesting question of how these future regulations that we're going to see coming out of these agencies are going to actually apply to veterinarians. Um, hopefully, this will all of this law will create quality control, which we don't really currently have, because there's going to be testing and labeling requirements but the administrative rules haven't been drafted. And so we're in a waiting period essentially right now. Um, The state is waiting on guidance from the United States Department of Agriculture. Um, They are supposed to put out rules for implementation of the Farm Bill. And until that happens, we're not going to have rules in Texas and it's not going to be legal to grow hemp in Texas. But once the federal government puts out their rules, then the state puts out its rules, and then we create this manufacturing licensing program, and it will have a registration for retailers selling hemp. So the state is going to work with the Department of um, Public Safety, and they're going to randomly test consumable hemp products sold at retail. And after all these rules are in place, it will it's highly likely that people will be required to register with the Department of State Health Services to sell hemp consumable products at retail. What isn't clear is under what circumstances these rules are going to apply to veterinarians who might be selling these products to their clients. Right now, the rules aren't in place, so it's not actually illegal to sell CBD products as long as they're safe for consumption and free of heavy metals and pesticides, microorganisms, solvents, and contain less than 0.3% of THC. Um, Additionally, you can import products from other states, but there are certain regulations. Those products have to be approved by the individual state plans from the USDA, and if the states don't have plans, they have to be tested in accordance with that state law that's similar to Texas law. So you can see this is kind of confusing, and it's really as clear as mud right now. <laughs> um, so I guess I can legally buy a CBD soda from the gas station down the street. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess you can, because as the end user, no one's going after you. But the reality is that that's not technically legal for the gas station to be selling in the first place if it contains CBD oil. 
And this might be surprising because you do see this stuff everywhere. Um, the Food and Drug Administration takes issue with that, and they say that they have full authority over cannabis and cannabis-derived products, the same as they do other products containing any other substances. So according to the FDA, CBD cannot actually be added to food, and that includes animal food or feed, and it cannot be marketed as a dietary supplement, regardless of what you see on the shelves out there. So some of these ingredients are actually derived from parts of the cannabis plant that don't contain THC or CBD. So some of them actually fall outside the scope of authority. And so, you know, while that product might be labeled as having CBD, maybe it doesn't. Um, so there's, there's certain hemp seed ingredients, for instance, um, hulled hemp seeds, hemp seed protein, hemp seed oil. These only contain trace amounts of CBD and they are on the list that the FDA keeps as generally recognized as safe. And so that doesn't apply to these products, but literally anything else that is in a food, and if it's marketed as CBD especially, the FDA says shouldn't be in food. So, you know, for a veterinarian, the food piece isn't as important as the drug piece. And if CBD can be is being marketed or making medical claims, then that is in violation of the FDA's laws and regulations. And because it's an unapproved product with unsubstantiated therapeutic claims, that's a legal violation. So, you know, you should know that so far, the, there's only really one FDA-approved drug that has CBD as an active ingredient, and that is Epidiolex. And that's used to treat human seizures and severe forms of epilepsy. But there's nothing else actually approved. So, if it's illegal, why is it everywhere? Well, that's the million-dollar question. It's really just enforcement discretion, and that's... Um, Enforcement's been minimal. Um, these agencies haven't been focused on it because it's not psychoactive. It's it's not particularly harmful. Hasn't been proven to be harmful. Um, mostly, the Food and Drug Administration has been focused on products that are making health claims, mm-hmm. like they're claiming to cure cancer. They're making inaccurate marketing statements. Um, then there haven't been as many warning letters as you would even think, and they seem to be decreasing. There was one that related to an animal product that I thought I'd mention. That was Cureleaf, and they got a warning letter because of their animal CBD product, Beto CBD for Pets, and um, it was claiming to reduce tumor size. It was talking about how... While you may not be able to afford cancer treatments for your dog, CBD is a viable and inexpensive alternative. So when the FDA cited the company, they said this was a new animal drug because they're not generally recognized among experts qualified by scientific training to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of the labeling and the conditions recommended for use in labeling. And so that is what the FDA is really focusing on. You know, they're holding hearings. Um, They've done a review of Epidiolex. They did find, they say they found a potential for liver injury. um, And they're investigating that in terms of cumulative exposure to CBD. If people across a 
broad spectrum of consumer products. If you take a whole bunch of it, you're drinking the sodas, you're taking the oils. Um, They're looking at the effects of CBD on special populations like children and animals, special breeds of animals. They're looking at marketing and pets. Um, But this is all very much in flux. What is really interesting to me is that the FDA says that CBD can't be marketed for therapeutic benefit claim. You can't say that this this does this has this benefit, but the reality is that people are purchasing it for solely therapeutic benefit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the Texas hemp law, on the other hand, doesn't mention the FDA at all, and then they have a special allowance for CBD and consumer products that are edible. So this leaves you to wonder if there's a, another potential state and federal conflict with, with this hemp and CBD, kind of like there is with the fed, federal government and marijuana in some states. All right, so if you don't make medical claims or put CBD in food, is it legal? Pretty much, yeah. I, I would also mention the DEA, though. The DEA is kind of a additional layer, especially for veterinarians, because while a member of the general public is never going to encounter the DEA for the most part, it's possible that a veterinarian would because of their DEA registration. So I would would point out that DEA doesn't really have jurisdiction over hemp. That's the CBD preparations that are at or below 0.3% that come from hemp. But CBD that's sourced from marijuana is still very illegal under the Controlled Substances Act as a Schedule One drug. And the DEA has said that CBD is only legal if it's sourced from areas of the plant that do not qualify as marijuana, with the only exception being Epidiolex. And so when the FDA approved Epidiolex, you know, everybody kind of thought the DEA might reschedule, but they didn't. Instead, they just moved that one product to Schedule 5 and said that it can contain no more than 0.1%, which describes Epidiolex. So the question is, if it's Schedule 1 and the DEA is in utilizing enforcement discretion, not going after end users, how do they know if a product comes from marijuana or comes from hemp? And I don't, if it's under 0.3%, I don't really know the answer to that question. I haven't been able to find a good answer. Maybe somebody smarter than me out there can figure <laughs> that one out. So I think the big question that everyone's wondering is, can veterinarians legally use, sell, uh, advise clients on the use of CBD for their pets? Well, that's the real question everybody asks, right? I mean. Yeah. I have a couple of ways to answer that, and my answer is going to be a little different from the Texas State Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners. We call them the State Board. They're the regulatory agency in charge of veterinarians and veterinary medicine in Texas. And if you were to call them right now and get somebody on the phone, you ask them that question, they will probably tell you that the safe answer is no, don't utilize this product because of the questionable legality and the fact that there are board rules of professional conduct that can be implicated. So the last time their general counsel discussed the legal status of this product in front of the board, 
Um, they express concerns about source theory, meaning where did the product come from? Is it actually below 0.3%? How do you know? This was all before the Farm Bill passed and Texas changed their laws. So things are a little different now. And I think to understand where the state board is coming from, you have to first understand that they are exercising enforcement discretion. I say that in air quotations, kind of like all these other agencies. Um, So they say if they walk into a veterinary practice and they see CBD oil for sale, that they're going to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next, you got to understand the board itself is complaint driven. They've never really received a complaint against a veterinarian on CBD oil, so they haven't been forced to truly investigate and consider whether to pursue a case against a veterinarian. Now, if they did receive a complaint, the general counsel indicated that they are going to look at several things, and I'm going to go through these for you and then give you some practical advice. So first, if, say, the board gets a complaint, they're going to look at Rule 801.402, that's the Texas Occupations Code. That is the, the law that allows the board to take disciplinary action for illegal veterinary practices. And so if the veterinarian is involved in selling these products, if they're selling them legally, fine, but if they're not, um, it just all depends on the circumstances. You also have a rule that backs that up that says the veterinarians have to adhere to the law. And so... Now, the board has discretion about what enforcement is, but the board would have to prove that the conduct in question, the using, selling, whatever, CBD oil, that's the basis of the complaint, was illegal. I find it very unlikely they could actually prove that it's illegal. I can hardly prove it's illegal. Um, The most important one I think that veterinarians really need to pay attention to is the professional standard of care that's Rule 573.22, and the avoidance of guarantee of cures, 573.26. And so if a veterinarian is recommending products and treatments without establishing that they're going to be effective, are they really making those recommendations in place of treatments that are the standard of care? The board says these rules can be implicated. So if right now there's ongoing studies, but, you know, there's there's not a lot of scientific certainty and i'll I'll give you some ways i think you can kind of guard yourself against that finally i'll just mention that the board has indicated that any prescription of cbd oil or a product would be off-label so that's something that a veterinarian should consider they should follow those off-label requirements but it seems like regardless of all all that, there are a lot of veterinarians using CBD in their practices. Um, if that's the veterinary board's take on it, what is TVMA's stance? Well, as an association, we don't really have a stance, but I would give some practical common sense advice just to protect practitioners. The, the veterinarians who are already recommending or selling CBD oil in their practices kind of know that they're treading in a muddy legal area. And they're doing it because clients are coming into their offices and they're demanding the product. Or maybe the veterinarian just believe that it works, which I've talked to many who ha- who do. I would say, first, as a practitioner, don't be afraid to have an educated conversation with your client if you want. Now, I've heard a lot of people are afraid to even have the discussion. And at one point, the California Veterinary Board put out some kind of memo that said you shouldn't. That's not the case here. Nothing's going to stop you from having a conversation. Um, 
And if they don't get information from you, they're just going to get it from Dr. Google. So you're going to be really the better source. Um, next, you know, the use and sell recommendation of CBD oil probably for individual practitioners comes down to an issue of tolerance for risk. Um, look, no veterinarian wants to be the cautionary tale or the example of the person who gets to test the legal status. Because after all, even if you, there were, a veterinarian were subject to a complaint and the board actually decided to pursue that complaint and the veterinarian challenged the complaint and even prevailed, the fight would probably cost him time, money, and hassle. And those possibilities are becoming more remote. Um, and I, I just mentioned, look, TVMA, we reached out to the DEA and asked what the DEA might do if, say, during a routine inspection, they walked into a practice and they saw CBD for sale next to the dog leashes and pet food. And we asked, would, would the DEA pick up that product and test it to see if it contains above 0.3%? And the very unofficial answer, because you don't get official answers, was that they probably wouldn't. Um, they could if they wanted, but they are utilizing enforcement discretion, and they probably wouldn't pay attention unless perhaps there was a multitude of other controlled substance violations. So I have a couple, I have a handful of things I'll tell you if you're going to use CBD oil. Um, first, I would say if you're going to use it, the doctor should be familiar with the existing medical literature surrounding the use of CBD in animals. There's not a ton of studies out there, but there are some, and you should read them and be aware of them. Next, I would say, very importantly, know your source. Be able to show that you've conducted some level of due diligence in investigating your supplier to make sure, number one, it's not, it is actual CBD, and it doesn't have more than 0.3% THC, is it clean, non-adulterated? Um, has it been laboratory tested to confirm this? A lot of some products have, and if they can't show a lab certificate, I'd watch out. Um, for now, the safest bet could be to purchase from a state that has had regulatory controls in place for a very long time. Some a place like Colorado. Um, also, importantly, watch out for the FDA. We want to make sure that the product is not making drug claims on the label. Next, I would tell you, it's, and some of these are just common sense. Most veterinarians would, you wouldn't substitute a, pro, a CBD product to supplant a commonly accepted medical treatment. That's that professional standard of care rule. So you don't recommend CBD oil in place of currently accepted medical norms. Um, and you make sure to document the discussions about conventional treatments so that you have backup if the client actually declines. Um, next, you know, and no veterinarian would do this, you've got to avoid guaranteeing a cure. And veterinarians don't guarantee cures regardless of the product in question anyway, but you should provide full and documented informed consent to a client and that potentially saves you from a violation of that rule. Next, I would tell you it's probably better not to actually prescribe you know, these products that you should maybe treat them as a nutraceutical um, and, and maybe put it for sale with other animal products that are not prescribed, dispensed, or administered. Watch out for changes to Texas law in the future because they're coming when the rules come out. 
Also, just keep in mind that if, you know, you are prescribing dispensing, that those extra label, off-label use of drugs rules do apply, including state and federal. So, you know, a majority of food animal practitioners aren't going to be able to use CBD. But there's also that piece of the extra label, off-label rule that says that if you... Are you, if your use of this product is not average in the community and the product doesn't have an established safety record, did you have to inform the client in writing that off-label use is not commonly accepted? Um, and you always need to document, document, document this. And finally, in, in the last one, I say don't make medical claims about CBD products or call them dietary supplements ever. But you know, help your clients out, have informed discussions, utilize a little bit of common sense as, as veterinarians do anyway. And I think for the most part, people can use the product and and find it safe and, um, incorporate it within their practice in some way if the clients really want it. And have you heard of any stories about veterinarians using CBD, um, and, their clients coming back and saying, this really helped? I actually have, and, and you know, it's it's a good question. Is it, there, there's there's not a lot of medical documentation. Everything is anecdotal. So, yeah, so yeah people are, are making all kinds of claims about the effectivity of mm-hmm. CBD, and it's helped my dog have less arthritis, less pain, less seizures. But it's just, you know, when there's, there's not a medical, scientifically-based study, it, it makes it hard for veterinarians to stand behind anecdotes. But that's why practitioners are swearing by it and using it in some areas. So, so when do you foresee more regulatory measures going into place? Now, the rulemaking process is long. It could be six months to a year before anything really happens here. We might not see anything happen before the next legislative session. But I, we're, we're going down a good path to get some quality control on some of these products. So, you know, I'd just say within the next six months, kind of stay tuned. We'll try to put out bulletins to let everyone know what's happening with that. Great. Well, I hope that uh, cleared a lot of questions up for our members, and if they have further questions, they know who to contact. That was very (laughs) thorough, and um, I definitely appreciate it, and I hope our members do too. So thanks so much, Liz, for your time. Thank you for inviting me. That was Elizabeth Choate, our general counsel, discussing the legalities of CBD products for pets. If you have additional questions for Elizabeth, you can email or call her. You can find her contact information in the show notes. On the next episode of Veterinary Vitals, we'll discuss why it's important for veterinarians to utilize licensed veterinary technicians in their practices. With a licensed veterinary technician, there's more leverage for a veterinarian to utilize them to do different tasks um, that are more appropriate for the scope of practice. That was David Sessom, a man of many firsts. You'll find out why on the next episode. For now, please subscribe to the podcast and write a review. That's how more veterinary professionals will find out about the show. Thank you for tuning in to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein from TVMA. Mm-hmm.